0: Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and the leading producer of quality fertilizer products. This podcast is intended to facilitate the transfer of knowledge for farmers and crop advisors, improving farm profitability and environmental sustainability. Grow the future with Yara. Hello and welcome. My name's Ken Rundle and in this podcast we're going to the other side of the world, to South Island, New Zealand in fact. We're on his farm close to Ashburton, south of Christchurch. Eric Watson has just taken the Guinness World Record for his crop of kerin feed wheat. With Eric is Yara's New Zealand Arable Specialist, Paul Johnson. We'll talk to him in a moment, but first, Eric Watson, congratulations on the record. What was the yield you achieved? Uh, 17.39 tonnes per hectare. But you're an old hand at this. You took the record in 2017, I gather, with 16.79 tonnes per hectare. So what was the difference this time around?
1: Uh, there were two or three differences. The, the big difference this year was or the change to liquid nitrogen after the first record attempt. We were struggling to, to spread evenly at 32 metres, so I made the decision to go to, to liquid. And also we've been using Schaefer stream bars, and that's – very good, a very even application of nitrogen across the whole field and, and we could see that there was no stripping at all with the liquid. Um, the weather was also very kind to us this last year, very, very good growing season. It was never too hot, um, we had cool, dewy nights, and we had a long rainfall period. Also the variety, of course the varieties change and they're always getting better so I think all those three sort of added up to, to um, a record yield.
0: Again, it's attention to detail. I wonder, how does, how does this record attempt compare with the yields in your other paddocks?
1: Uh, we averaged around about 15.4 tonnes per hectare over the farm of all our wheat this last season.
0: And that's good for New Zealand?
1: Uh, yes, it is good. Yeah, yeah.
0: What's the fascination about going for records? Because it's, it's a kind of specialist hobby which takes up an awful lot of time. How do you fit it in with your what I would call normal farming? Well, it
1: doesn't really take much of my time. I rely on everybody else, lots of Paul to help me, and David Weath from Bayer to help me. So it's their time it takes. Um, I suppose I always like to improve and see whether we can do better, and that's probably what drives me. I think just to get better yields all the time.
0: And it spins off into your other operations. Yes. Looking at what you've grown on the farm, what spinach, chicory, radish, tall fescue seed, plantain, you you grow a wide variety of crops. Uh, it, it's not exactly just a, an all-grain farm by any means, is it?
1: No, we, we do rely on a lot of these specialist crops. I mean, they give us a break in the rotation from cereals and grass, and they certainly help for, with our wheat control and, and just different herbicides being used
0: on those crops. And so how much of your farm is into wheat and how much is into the other crops that we mentioned earlier?
1: Uh, it depends a wee bit on the rotation and where other crops fall. This coming season, we've got very few vegetable crops because the market was overproduced last year. Um, grass seed area is well up this, for this coming season because there's obviously shortage in some places around the world. So that's that's it. But generally, we try and run a third wheat, a third ryegrass, and a third other crops, which include your vegetable seed crops. And what I call alternative pasture species like the plantain and chicory. So we generally like to have a third, a third, a third. It doesn't always work out that way. This year we're over 40% of grass seed crops. We do like to have grass because it's very good for soil structure. Some of our grass seed crops are down for four or five harvests.
0: Right, And that's over the 490 hectares? That's right,
1: yes, yes.
0: Let's get down to this world record attempt then. What comes first? Because it's not just a few months of planning, is it? Um,
1: well, the field has to be uh, surveyed by a registered surveyor before you even park. Uh, and then it's got to be photographed throughout the growing season by a, an audit authority, which was SGS, the Swiss company. And, um, of course, the harvest, is, it's the one that uh, takes all the time. It's got to be constantly monitored by two JPs. The whole process has to be filmed. Um, It has to have two independent witnesses throughout the harvest day and um, run over a certified waiverage and every load has to be sampled by a registered uh, auditor or sampler. And that was a guy from SGS again.
0: That's from the McGuinness point of view, but from your own point of view, from the actual husbandry point of view, when does the planning start?
1: Uh, Well, we do nothing different. This is the thing. We, We actually do nothing different with that wheat to our ordinary crops of wheat. We just continually monitor and make sure everything's in place. And Paul does a lot of work with leaf leaf analysis, uh, getting leaf analysis done for, for trace elements to make sure we're right with trace elements and also nitrogen. So it's just a continual process. There is nothing special about it.
0: So Paul, as a consultant on the project, And I suppose in some respects an observer, what is it about Eric's operation that makes the difference?
2: I think it's Eric's attention to detail. He's committed to doing what he uh, wants to do for the best uh, for the crop. And it's um, those things, the small things that he takes on. And and when we say something or, or have a discussion about it, he's got a very open mind about doing it. But as I said, if you don't get the attention to detail, everything's well planned. Um, I have a phrase of planning, 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 and, and I think that's the thing that Eric does, that a, um, a lot of other farmers don't put that attention to. That is absolutely important. It doesn't cost you a lot more to grow a good crop, but it costs you
0: to grow a poor crop. But this monitoring he was talking about, what does that involve? Um, so I think it starts with soil testing. He's got a very um,
2: long history of doing uh, soil tests every year and, and throughout the farm. Um, he's doing all paddock testing. So in this paddock, you know, there might be uh, each hectare there is being grid tested. Um, so you've got a very detailed um, there. So we know exactly how much phosphate is required for the crop, how much potassium is required for the crop. The soil pH is very important. Um, so those things are all done uh, every year and then it follows on with, with the tissue testing that, that we do throughout the growing of the crop, which makes sure that what has been put on as, as your macronutrients is getting picked up by the crop, and um, then we can also monitor closely the, the micronutrients
0: that has a real bearing on, on yield for wheats. And they make a difference?
2: Oh, without doubt. You know, Eric has, we have issues around here with uh, manganese, for instance, um, Lighter uh, some of the lighter soils and that. We have some issues with manganese. Um, and copper is very important. We watched that. And the other one that we've been um, uh, focusing on has been um, boron in the last three seasons. So we've been putting a, quite a lot more bore track on at, um, for flowering.
0: In the UK, we had a very dry spring, um, which affected the growth of a lot of crops and certainly has affected the yields overall. In New Zealand, particularly South Island, you do a fair bit of irrigation does irrigation come into this as well, or is that a side side issue?
1: Uh, yes, very much so. And, and we monitor all our soil moistures with neutron probes, and they are read once a, once a week, so we know when to irrigate and how much to put on. This crop, I think, had around about 200 to 240-odd millimetres of irrigation water applied. We had quite a dry season, uh, um, which suits wheat with irrigation, so, and that certainly helped the yield. But Irrigation is very important to us, even with our other crops, it's extremely
0: important. And Eric, if I can probe a little bit in terms of the profitability, um, is, was this, this uh, record attempt economically viable? I mean, as I say, it's a real interest of yours and you learn so much that you have a spin off elsewhere, but, it, but it, was, it was economically worthwhile.
1: Yeah, very much so, Uh, because to me yield is king and we spend no more on this crop of wheat than we do on other crops of wheat. So yield to me is king and the fixed costs are the same whether you're getting 17 ton or 15 ton or 14 ton. So uh, it's only your variable costs and they don't actually vary that much in in
0: growing the wheat. So it it is very much a case, uh, typical New Zealand, it's very much down to the bottom line all the time.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: Paul, what about Yara Vita? Well, the Yara Vita program is,
2: is very important in cereals. Um, and one of the products that we um, have a you know, great success with is Gramatril, which was bought out about seven or eight years ago specifically for cereals. So it's got uh, manganese, zinc, copper, some magnesium, and a little bit of nitrogen. But if you ever do tissue tests and that, so it's always manganese, zinc, and copper are the ones plus boron that always show up as as either deficient or or below optimum levels in um, in cereal crops. So that's been uh, one. If we need to put a little bit extra manganese in, we use Mantrak um, or Zintrac, uh to help with those other two. That if if we see a real issue. But tissue testing throughout the year, I think we do it. Uh, we start in in August and then uh, we do it monthly through to the end of September and then we go every two weeks when the growth really starts. So we've got a pretty uh, rigorous program on tissue testing.
0: How does that fit in with the field operations? Because you don't want tractors and kit running up and down the field too often. How do you fit that in with normal field operations?
1: We don't tend to mix a lot of products. So a crop of wheat Probably has at least 10 passes, including nitrogen. So yeah, we are over it quite a bit because, with the nitrogen, we, we don't mix the, the um, trace elements with any nitrogen. Just, they'll often be put on, on their own if necessary, or we'll mixed with a fungicide or an insecticide.
0: And your kit, you're very much into precision farming.
1: Because oh, we've been on, on self-steer for a number of years. Our, our sprayer has auto shut down. We're on a 48-meter spray burn, Agrifax spray with an 8,000-litre tank, uh, um, run a quad track. I, I do like tracks for um, compaction and our combine harvester is on tracks. Our variable rate spreading our, of our base fertilizers is all done by a contractor who has the ability to variable rate spread lime phosphate, um, potassium, so that's all done, variable rate, and some of the irrigation is variable rate as well um, to match the soil types and and the the water holding capacity of soils.
0: And how common, Paul, is that kind of uh, attention to detail as far as Kit's concerned? Is it widely spread? Is there more option for doing that in New Zealand?
2: Um, I, I wouldn't say it's widely used, but there is more people have certainly got Auto steer on tractors and combines now. Um, there is certainly a lot more um, interest in precision ag, particularly with um, variable rate spreading. Um, so that's certainly coming along. But we don't have the same. You know, we'd love to have incense of technology in New Zealand that they have in the UK with Yara. But um, we're a long way from the market to. to do that you know we are as new zealanders the furthest from um uh country in the world from their market in, in uk and, and europe so we do have some logistics there uh that we'd love to overcome
0: and eric you used karen you're very careful to monitor which varieties are going to give you the return you need and and certainly give you the yields you're looking for do you have problems with finding a market for some of these varieties
1: uh, no, the feed market is reasonable here. It, it does, um, a lot of it goes into the dairy industry. Um, some of it goes down the road to five-star beef, which is a beef feed lot. Um, there's one or two big chicken industries that take a lot of their feed wheat. So uh, the market is a wee bit limited, but in a year like this, there probably has mainly a wee bit of excess wheat about, um, so the price has dropped a bit. But, yeah, we always tend to find a market for it. It's a sole feed market that we're aiming at
0: paul how 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 much fun was it from your point of view watching this process
2: Oh, it's it's fun right from the start you know I've been involved with Eric for uh five seasons now and um not as long as David Weston Bayer but you know it, it's certainly a great um, excitement and joy to see progress every season with eric and and um you know. Yeah, it is. You know, you get a great thrill when you, when you get the, unfortunately, I missed the harvest this year, but uh, to be there on the day. But when uh, I got the ring from um, David Weath to say what had happened and that, you know, it certainly is a, a real feather um, to help be involved in that. And I, it's a real team effort. That's what it's all about.
0: And the celebrations uh, weren't affected by any shutdown at that particular time of the year either? <laughs> Still happening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did celebrate a wee bit that night, but not too much.
0: So, Eric, what's the plans now? What, aiming to reach even higher, or are you now the consultant going around the world telling other folk how to do it?
1: No, we're stuck at home. We can't get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first year for a number of years I haven't been away. But, but um, yeah, I think, you know, we always try to get better yields, and that's the aim, is just to to improve varieties keep improving yields of varieties keep improving so they become more disease resistant and that all helps and there are new fungicides coming on the market we've got two new fungicides this year so interesting to see how they go
0: we've run out of time guys i'm sorry i could go on for much longer but congratulations again eric and thank you for your time thank you to paul johnson of yara i'm sure this is fascinating those listening in and in our next podcast we'll consider how any tips from new zealand can be applied in the uk Join me, Ken Rundle, then. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.